Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning Five here on Friday, November twenty second, twenty nineteen. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Patrick Murphy. Jonah Booker is under the weather this week, so get well, Jay Book. We will talk to you next week, my friend. It is a big recruiting weekend for Ohio State, and I'm going to start off talking about that, and we'll bring Patrick in. We'll talk about the big game itself between Ohio State and Penn State. But just starting out with recruiting, I just want to run down the list of players that will be in town for the big game tomorrow. Uh, three players will be on official visits. They're all Ohio State commits. Legend Cavazos, Jacob James, and Trey LaRue. So they'll be on official visits. The big visit in the 2020 class is Mayan Williams, the running back from Cincinnati. Winton Woods, he will be on an unofficial visit coming up with his mother. Um, it's been tough to get him to come from Cincinnati all the way up here an hour and a half down the road to Columbus, but he's finally going to make the trip. And um, I keep saying this about Mayan Williams. He, he might not be highly rated or anything like that. He is the exact type of player where if another program stole him, like he's currently committed to Iowa State and he blew up at Iowa State, everybody and their mother would be asking, why didn't Ohio State offer Mayan Williams? So I'm glad they're in on Mayan Williams. We'll see what happens there. And a few other Ohio State commits will be on Unofficial visits, Mookie Cooper, Paris Johnson will be here, Grant Tutant, Jacoby Cohen, Jack Sawyer, Ty Hamilton, and Jake Siebert will all be here. And then I'm going to look at some of the 2021 kids, and then we'll move on. 2021 prospects that will be here on, of course, unofficial visits. They can't take officials yet. Running back Evan Pryor, tight end Christian Burkhalter, offensive lineman J.C. Latham, offensive lineman Donovan Jackson, offensive lineman Trey Zoon, offensive lineman Jager Burton, offensive lineman Rayshon Benny, Defensive end, Jason Oyne. Defensive end, Monkel Goodwine. Defensive end, Tyson Watson. Defensive end, Aaron Armitage. Defensive lineman, Rocco Spindler. Defensive lineman, Marcus Bradley. Again, these are 2021 prospects. They'll be on unofficial visits to Ohio State tomorrow. Defensive lineman, Tywone Malone. Defensive lineman, Mike Hall. Linebacker, Aaron Willis. And defensive backs, Jalen Johnson, Bryce Steele, and Andre Team. So you can see they're really going in. There's a lot of defensive linemen on this trip, a lot of offensive linemen. So a bunch of 2021 20, linemen will be in town for the game tomorrow. So it's going to be a huge recruiting weekend. Bill Curlick will be all over it. Bill Green will be all over it. Steve Wilfong and the national team will be all over it. So keep it locked to Bucknuts for all that. But now let's switch gears. Let's bring Patrick Murphy in here and talk about the game itself. Ohio State, Penn State tomorrow at the Horseshoe. High noon, big noon kickoff. Weather could be a factor, Patrick. They're calling for a 60 to 70% chance of rain during the game. Temperatures won't be bad. Temperatures will be around 40. Winds won't be bad either. They're calling for 5 to 6 mile per hour winds during the game. Uh, but it could be wet for most of the game. 
how much of a factor do you think that could be? We saw how Ohio State was very conservative in the rain against Wisconsin. Just if it does rain during the game, how much do you think that could factor into the outcome? I think that Ohio State has to throw the ball. I think, you know, we've seen the last couple of games as they've opened things up a little bit in the passing game and, and really worked on that. Ryan Day talked about the fact that coming out of the bye week against teams like Maryland and Rutgers, they wanted to continue to develop that passing game with, with the offensive line and Justin Fields and the receivers. Um, and I think that was looking ahead to uh, this this game, um, you know, against a, a team like Penn State that has struggled with the pass defense. Um, now the weather certainly will play a part. If it's if it's raining, obviously you, you don't want to make mistakes. You don't want to have turnovers in, in these type of situations. But as Ryan Day said yesterday when we talked to him, both teams have to deal with the weather, and, and they just have to deal with whatever comes their way. I think that they've prepared for, for this. You know, Justin Fields isn't uh, a guy who's played in a ton of wet conditions before. Um, some of the receivers, I remember Chris Olave after the Wisconsin game saying that, you know, he hadn't played in many wet game conditions until he got to Ohio State coming out of California. But, you know, you know that's something you, you deal with playing in the Big Ten, the cold in November. So, um, you know, if Ohio State's going to win games in November, um, you know, going forward, not just this year with, with these guys playing, they're going to have to deal with these conditions. And, and I think they've prepared for it just fine. Um, but it could affect the approach a little bit. You know, Penn State's rush defense is very good. If, uh, if J.K. Dobbins can't get going, I think he will. I think we've seen that Ohio State's able to handle um, highly touted rush defenses. But if, if Penn State's able to slow him down, they may have to go to the air more than they want to in the rain. But um, I expect Ohio State to try and have a balanced attack as usual. And, uh, you know, even if it is wet, even if it is cold, try and throw the ball. Maybe not quite as much as they would have if it were dry and, and nice out. But, you know, certainly, um, you know, they're not going to abandon the passing game, I don't think. When Ohio State has the ball, um, what do you expect, you know, where do you think Ohio State has the advantages? Just what do you expect most when Ohio State has the ball? As I mentioned, Penn State's pass defense has, has not been great. Um, this year, but especially these last two games. They're 85th in the country in pass defense, giving up 240 yards per game um, against Indiana last week, you know, almost 400 yards, 371 yards Indiana had through the air, and against Minnesota two weeks ago, 339 passing. So, you know, it's it's been an area teams can exploit, and neither Indiana nor Minnesota has the the quarterback, the offensive line, and the receivers that Ohio State has. So, I think that's where, you know, assuming that they can throw the ball in the conditions, that's where Ohio State has to attack Penn State. Um, the rush defense has been very good, as I mentioned. So, you know, if, if, if J.K. Dobbins doesn't get going, I think these receivers um, have to get open. I think they will get open, and you can attack Penn State's secondary. Justin Fields coming off a career 305-yard passing day. Granted, that was against Rutgers, but, you know, this, this Penn State pass defense isn't uh, – isn't anything to write home about. So that's where I think Ohio State has a major advantage, um, you know, in terms of offensively. I think on the other side of the ball, you, you could discuss, um, you know, the, the defensive line for Ohio State. Obviously, Chase Young will be coming back. And uh, I imagine he will be motivated to have a big game. The last time we saw him was against a very good Wisconsin offensive line. And all he did was finish with, uh, you know, tying the Ohio State record with four sacks five tackles for a loss, um, a career day for him. But the other guys these past couple of weeks have shown what they can do as well. The rest of the defensive line, the linebackers, um, Ohio State has eight sacks, and I believe 
16 tackles for a loss in those these last two games without Chase Young. So you saw the depth of, of the defensive line and, and front seven in general in these games. And Penn State's offensive line has been good, um, not great. I think Chase Young will, will line up often against their uh, redshirt freshman right tackle. So uh, it could it could be a, a good day for him. And I think that's another area that they can exploit, um, you know, getting getting the right matchups on that defensive line and, and, you know, trying to get to the quarterback, especially in passing situations. Let's give some predictions, final score predictions, um, not to steal any thunder from our uh, Bucknuts roundtable that will come out later today on the site. But uh, I have this one, Ohio State 35, Penn State 13. Uh, the weather does give me a little bit of pause there. I, I tell you what, if this was just flat-out good weather conditions, I, I think I would pick more of a blowout. I just have a good feeling about this game. I guess I'm kind of kind of picking a blowout anyway. 35-13 isn't a close score, but uh, I wouldn't call that a blowout. So I do think Penn State's going to keep it close for a while, and then Ohio State's just going to pull away. How do you expect this game will go, Patrick, and uh, what's your final score prediction? Yeah, very similar to what you said. Um, I think this game stays close for a while. I think it'll play out you know, kind of similarly to the Wisconsin game. It's funny we mentioned that with the weather. Just, you know, I think these are two good teams. Um, you know, just Ohio State ends up being the, the more talented team, and I think talent prevails, especially being at home. You know, they, I think you probably see it be decently close at halftime. Um, you know, Ohio State goes in the locker room, makes adjustments, comes out and, and pulls away at some point in the third quarter, gets, you know, a, a decent lead and, and, and then pushes it to to a better lead in the fourth. I uh, I think Ohio State will throw the ball pretty much with no problem on this Penn State secondary. I just haven't been impressed with them, as I mentioned before. And my score is similar to yours, um, 35-15, I think is what I went with. So, you know, very similar. I think they, they handle their business um, and move on next week to – to the big game up in Ann Arbor. Yeah, that's the one that concerns me more. We'll get into that next week. We'll have plenty of time to talk about uh, that team up north next week. I want to ask you this. If um, Ohio, talk about getting ahead of myself. If Ohio State and LSU both win their next three games, so they win out regular season, they win their conference championship games, uh, do you see a path for Ohio State to jump LSU since LSU would then have wins over Georgia that have wins over obviously Alabama and Florida. All three of those teams could be ranked ahead of whoever Ohio State's best win is by the final rankings, whether it's Penn State, you know, Wisconsin twice, Minnesota, Michigan. Um, I think it's going to come down to style points, Patrick. Ohio State's going to have to have style points if they're going to pass LSU if they both win out. Just break that down for me. Do you see a path back to number one for Ohio State? I do, um, and I, I've written about this a couple times. I think the committee likes Ohio State more than, than LSU, and I think you saw that in the initial rankings. I think they like what Ohio State has done, um, the way they've looked. You mentioned the style points. They've just looked the part. They're, you know, the committee chair, Rob Mullins, said it in, in multiple times uh, the last few weeks. You know, Ohio State is, is complete, a complete team, offensively, defensively. Um, when they talk about LSU, they talk about that offense. It's similar to Oklahoma last year, just a more impressive offense – or a more impressive defense slightly – um, so, you know, I think once Ohio state has, uh, comparable ranked wins, now they may not be quite the level of Alabama, but you know, you get a win this week, assumingly they beat number eight Penn state, then they go to Ann Arbor. You assume that then they beat, um, around the top 10 Michigan team. And then you obviously should get a ranked win in the big 10 championship game that first weekend in December. So that gives you, um, you know, assuming Cincinnati stays in the rankings, 
Uh, you may end up playing the same Wisconsin team, but I think you look at that as two ranked wins. That's five ranked wins. Um, LSU, with Texas dropping out, will only have four ranked wins, I believe, if my math's correct. So, you know, if you're already saying that Ohio State looks the more complete team because they're better offensively, or they're at least as good offensively and better defensively than, than LSU, and, um, you know, they go out and look the part in those those, ga- those games against uh, other ranked teams, I think you, you move Ohio State to number one. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if going into championship weekend, conference championship weekend, Ohio State jumps um, LSU, given that LSU is going to play, uh, you know, no ranked teams between now and then. I think they have Arkansas this weekend um, and won't play a ranked team until Georgia and SEC championship games. So it wouldn't surprise me if they jump up then. But, you know, the committee, obviously, it's it's a bit of a television show and they like to, to make it somewhat dramatic. So maybe they wait. But I do think if Ohio State handles their business, you know, wins similar to how we're predicting against Penn State, goes to Ann Arbor and gets a good win um, on the road against a rival ranked highly. And then, you know, Kendall's its business in the Big Ten Championship game, they win. And even actually, you know, just to veer off course a little bit, I was talking with a friend last night who asked me what I thought if Ohio State loses um, one of these two games. And I said, you know, I think if, God forbid, they lose at Michigan, I think Ohio State still gets in, assuming they go on and win the Big Ten Championship game. Um, you know, maybe they get in as the four seed, but you're still in the playoffs, and obviously they've won the championship before as that four seed. So I think Ohio State's sitting in a very good spot, assuming they win against Penn State this weekend and, and look the part. Um, and if they win these those next two games, then I think they're the number one team in the country. Great stuff from Patrick Murphy. Really appreciate it, Patrick. And thank you to all listeners out there for tuning into the show. I appreciate that as well. Hope everyone enjoys the game tomorrow. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.